Hey everyone, welcome to Launch Codes Football. My name is Chris. And I'm Chelsea. And today we're going to be talking about week 14 of the NFL season. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you? We just, you know, we excited for football. We love it. It's coming to a close. So like we're excited to see the playoffs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of sad, but also at least, you know, we have, we have big playoffs coming and with that Super Bowl time and that's always exciting. Too bad the Panthers won't be there, but um, it's too bad the Colts won't either. Oh, oh. <laughs> all right. Um, so Chelsea, do you want to start us off with your topic today? Yeah, absolutely. So, my first topic for today is all about the man, the myth, the legend, the can't decide if he's good or bad, Baker Mayfield shining against the Tennessee Titans, which I, as a Colts fan, really appreciated seeing the Titans just get absolutely thumped by the Browns of all teams. The Browns would have been more funny if it was the Jets, but we'll get to them later. So Browns came out with a victory 41 to 35. Honestly, it looked way closer than it actually was. The Titans only scored, I think it was seven in the first half. And then like scored a bunch of touchdowns in the second, which was like all garbage time. So like, it really wasn't as close as it looked, but is Baker Mayfield good or is Baker Mayfield bad? I really have no idea because last week he was terrible against Jacksonville, but this week he was stellar against Tennessee. So I just really don't know what to think. He is clearly tired of the criticism though, because this week he was 25 of 33 for 344 or 334 yards and four touchdowns. He had four rushes for five yards, obviously the most impressive part of his stat line. He had one reception for six yards thrown by, I believe it was Jarvis Landry, which was actually an impressive catch, caught it over his shoulder on the sideline. So good job, Baker. And he lost a fumble. So boo, no, it's The whole team looked pretty good outside of Baker. I mean, you had Chubb, who had 80 yards and a touchdown. You had Donovan Peoples-Jones, the rookie out of Michigan, had a coming out game with a 75-yard touchdown in which Baker Mayfield ran all the way down the field looking ridiculously happy the whole time. Richard Higgins has had 95 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, their whole offense was pretty on. I think Kareem Hunt had 33 yards or something, which, you know, isn't as impressive as 80, but I think he's more of a pass catching back anyways, rather than, um, you know, the three down type power back like Chubb is. But the whole team, they offense looked good. They're nine and three, which is their first winning season since 2007. I was nine years old in 2007. I am 22 now. That is a long time. I'm so sorry, Browns fans, but you have lots to be happy about this year for sure. I mean, are the Browns the second best team in the NFC North right now? I don't know. Looking at the Ravens, they've looked pretty lost lately. They will have played on Tuesday because we're recording this on Tuesday. So the Ravens are playing tonight. So I don't know how they're going to look tonight, but I do know that they'll have Lamar Jackson back. But I mean, they've looked lost lately. Lamar's looked all over the place. Plus they have really bad COVID issues. And the Browns currently have a better record than the Ravens. Honestly, with the way that some of these lower playoff teams are playing, it would not surprise me if the Ravens got kicked out of the playoff hunt if they can't pull it together in the next one to two weeks. Because, I mean, obviously the Steelers are the best team in the NFC or in the AFC North. 
Now, yes, they lost to Washington, but I mean, I think it's clear that they're still obviously the the best team in the AFC North. But I don't know. The Browns, they're looking, they looked real good. They shut Derrick Henry down. He had 60 yards, no touchdowns, and lost a fumble. I think it was their first or second drive. He lost a fumble, and that just really killed the Titans' momentum the whole game. Um, A.J. Brown lost a fumble. Talk about someone who's having a rough stretch of games. I have seen that man drop two, three, four passes a game. He's got to have dropped at least eight to ten passes in the last four or five weeks. He's been having a rough outing. Tannehill threw an interception. Tennessee, is your defense okay? You just gave up 41 to the Browns, which do they have an electric offense for sure. But, I mean, it is missing Odell. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. that makes a difference. Not a gigantic difference, but it does make a difference. Their pass defense is awful, Tennessee's is. Even with the addition of Desmond King, they went out at the trade deadline and got him, and people thought that that was going to somehow miraculously fix their pass defense. It did not update, fix their pass defense. (laughs) He's really good, but he's not good enough to fix their whole pass defense. And then, I mean, the run defense isn't stellar either. I mean, they gave up about 100 yards to the Browns, which for the Browns, only giving up 100 is not bad, but we've seen their run defense give up bigger numbers than that this season. So, I mean, I I really don't know what to think about either of these teams. The Browns one week almost lose the worst team in the NFL or the second worst, and then the next week go out and beat a playoff contender. But the playoff contender that they beat goes and crushes Indianapolis last week with half their defense out yet goes and loses to the Browns and only puts up seven in the first half. So, like, I really don't know what to think about either of these teams. I mean, they both clearly have talent, and they both have the ability to make a deep playoff run. I just don't know if they're consistent enough to do it. So we'll see. I think for Cleveland fans, if they just even sniff the playoffs, if they make the playoffs, I don't think Cleveland fans will care much after that what happens. They'll just be so glad that they're in the playoffs. Like one playoff might explode. (laughs) One playoff appearance for the Cleveland Browns is about like five playoff appearances for the Patriots. (laughs) Rip. Yeah. Honestly, I think, yeah, the Browns, I, I don't know exactly what they'll do this year in the postseason, assuming they make it. I think it'll be really interesting to see has Baker Mayfield turned a corner to look really good. I think he's actually a, a, a decent decision maker. I think he can, he may not be a Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, but he is in my opinion, a good, a decent to good quarterback and he can win you games. And I think Cleveland's defense, if they can play well, honestly, Cleveland works as a team. And that's something I like about them there. Their whole thing is they work as a team or their whole thing is that they aren't just relying on one side of the ball or one part of their offense, one part of their defense. It's a collection of things is working together for them. The Titans, I don't know if they have that yet. I mean, their offense is good, but their defense is suspect at times. And so and I don't know. Derrick Henry's their man. Derrick Henry shut the down Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. I agree. And so I we'll just have to see what the Titans do if they can put it all together as a team to make a deep run in the playoffs like they did last year. For sure. It's just interesting. Like I said, both these teams are just inconsistent. Baker Mayfield is inconsistent. I think that he's good. I just don't think he's consistent. So people keep saying over and over and over that they don't think he's good. Like I think I said in a past episode 
that he might be overrated, but I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think at worst, he's mediocre. I just don't know if he is like the answer for them for the next 10 years. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying. I don't think he's overrated unless i mean you've obviously got some fans who are gonna say he's the best quarterback or he's this, he could do. Or, and you've always got your stands out there but honestly i think baker mayfield considering the amount of quarterbacks that the cleveland browns have went through it's impressive to me that he's still playing and starting and looking good for them that's Retweet. a win so but yeah um we'll see let's what dive happens into with your the headline um so yeah let's go into it so i'd like to start out with washington upsetting the steelers so Ooh. this was a big one i mean it shocked us all honestly and so so some of the stats for this game alex smith threw for 31 through 46 passes who was 31 for 46 296 yards and one touchdown Logan Thomas and Cam Sims both combined for 14 receptions for 190 yards and a touchdown. So really the receiving core with Logan Thomas or being Logan Thomas being their wide receiver or tight end, my bad. Um, and just having Cam Sims there both combining for that. I mean, that really helped them in this win. I think the Steelers defense still proved that they are good. Actually at one point, Washington was th two for 13 on third down. That's impressive on a defense and not good on an offense. And it makes you wonder how in the world did Washington pull this one out? Um, it's incredible to me, but I think something that definitely helped them was Alex Smith cheeky play before halftime. And I don't mean cheeky in a negative way. Like I'm not saying like he was cheating or something like that. Or it, uh, I mean, some people may say that I, I guess it's debatable. This is not disrespect towards him. People do this all the time in sports. They do little things like hold on to the ball longer, hold a guy down so they can't get back up. But in this case, so, Alex, but, I'm going to interrupt you real quick. As someone who didn't watch this game, what did he do? So I didn't see this game. What he did was, <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. So they were driving down to score right before halftime. He gets sacked and they don't have timeouts and so the half should be over there's about 20 seconds left but there was no way they were going to get their field goal unit on and kick it off in time they probably weren't going to be able to so what alex smith did was when he got hit he picked the ball back up with him and brought it to the red to the washington sideline and nobody saw it the refs didn't see it so the refs couldn't find a ball to place down so they had to go get a new ball <laughs> Or they had to get another ball, which stopped the clock or and saved time what? for Washington. Yeah. And so the, is that legal? Totally not at all. It's not legal <laughs> at all. But you just see Alex Smith. His, he's smiling as he's walking off the sideline, holding a football in his hand. And I'm just like, you know, oh what? my gosh, it's That's like the, great. It's like the kid who cheated on an exam but got away with it. I'm not I don't support it, but also like it's kind of funny in this case because it's That football. is actually so funny. He must think that he's just like the king now that he came back from his horrible injury, which I mean, he did. So mm -hmm. if I'm going to sidestep anyone for doing this, it would be him. Mhm. Mm and I mean, it's 
hilarious, but it really sucks if you're a Steelers fan because, man, I mean, that was a huge momentum shift for Washington. It got them points on the board. And and so... Dude, I'm sure Steelers Reddit was salty. Oh, I imagine so. Look, Steelers fans in general, this is no offense to them, but y'all who are Steelers fans know that you're 11 and 0, but like you also kind of hate the way that you've been 11 and 0. Like every game, the the way I heard about it from a Steelers fan on YouTube was like, I should feel happy that I'm 11 and 0, but we've had heart attacks every week. And so as a Colts fan, I can relate to that. I mean, I'm not saying obviously it's impressive that they went 11 and 0 and that they only have one loss at this point. It's very impressive, but to I think I think to some of the Steelers fans like they they're like we're winning but we're not winning the way we want to. And honestly, I think Washington came in and they had they had a good game plan. They did what they were supposed to. They didn't make too many mistakes. Antonio Gibson actually went out in the game and that I thought that was going to hurt Washington more than it did, but they were, and they didn't really have much of a run game yesterday, but you know, the combination of Cam Sims and Logan Thomas together just really helped out, really helped out Washington um, on the offensive side of the ball. And they have a very good defensive line. They're top five on that defensive line. That Ron Rivera coach team is, is good on defense. That's, we love Ron. Oh yeah. We love him. Great guy. Um, but I would say if you're a Steelers fan, this is not a game to panic about. You lost one game out of the past 12 that you've played. To some people, they're like, sound the alarm, sound the alarm. Everything's going wrong. I'm like, look. And the Chiefs lost to the Raiders at one point. And the Raiders, I mean, they have a winning record, but I think they're a decent team. So everyone loses. I don't think it's a reason for Steelers fans to panic. I think this is just losses happen. And Washington is red hot and there was no shame in losing this one i do think that offense has to start clicking better if they're going to go far in the playoffs if they're going to make the super bowl they're going to have to get some better offense running i think their defense is elite i think they're the best in the nfl but if they can't get off if they can't score you know then i could see them struggling in the postseason you know if you're going up against the chiefs offense led by andy Reid, patrick mahomes tyree kill travis kelsey you've got a fantastic head coach and all of these skilled players that are good and just a good team overall. I know that the Chiefs defense isn't that great, but their offense, their you're offense gonna have to is stop. just too good. You're going to have to stop them. And so in my opinion, the Steelers might have to go score for score against the Chiefs. That's a dangerous game to play. You don't want to have to play that. But if they're going to go to the Super Bowl and they make the AFC championship with the Chiefs, that's I think that offense is really going to have to do some things. Now, I do think for Kansas City, if that if that matchup happens, that Kansas City will have to watch their defense. Their defense can be suspect at times. I mean, they've given up. They'll also have to deal with the Steelers' defense. Mm-hmm. I agree. They the Steelers' defense, like I said, is the best in the NFL. So, and if that Kansas City offense isn't there for them that game, Kansas City's doomed. I, I hope that encourages Steelers fans after a rough loss. And I know that, like, to be honest, it's really weird, but I feel like nobody talks about the Steelers. Or if they do, they're just like, eh, they've had some, they're good. But, like, you know, I don't ever see them on TV much. Or when you do, it's at 3 o'clock on a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So I don't think this is a game that Steelers fans need to panic over. I think this was a good win by Washington and this greatly helps their chance to win the division. But those two losses to the Giants could prove catastrophic for their season. Kind of going back to what you said about how Steelers fans shouldn't panic. So I was talking to one of our own Steelers fans this morning. Shout out to Jonathan Tucker. And I sent him a post from NFL memes on Instagram. And it says, Steelers road to 11 and one. Week one, beat Daniel Jones. Week two, beat injured Broncos. Week three, beat the trash Texans. Week four, bye, hardest opponent of season. Ha ha. Week five, beat bum Wentz. Week six, beat the Browns with no Nick Chubb. Week seven, refs beat Titans. Week eight, refs beat Ravens. Week nine, beat the two and seven Cowboys. Week 10, beat the two, five and one Bengals. Week 11, beat the one and eight Jags. Week 12's Week 12, beat the Ravens practice squad, and week 13, lost to a team with no name. And I just thought that was funny. And we got into a conversation about it, and I said, even if you take out the ref games, that's not an especially intimidating schedule. Like, do I think that the Steelers are good? Yes, I think the Steelers are good. Do I think that they're a little bit overrated? Yes. Do I think that they'll beat the Chiefs? The only team that will beat the Chiefs is the Chiefs. If the Chiefs suffer on offense, they'll lose. If the Chiefs suck on defense, they'll lose. No team is going to go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. No team. The only team that's going to beat them is themselves. I very well think that it'll be the Steelers and the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. And I think that all the points that you said, Chris, are valid about the defense and about having to go toe-to-toe, et cetera, et cetera. I just – I mean – Don't get me wrong. Pittsburgh has a very good team. They have a very good offense. They do have drop issues. As someone who had Eric Ebron on my team, trust me, I know. I feel your pain. But I just don't know if the Steelers could go into Kansas City and win a shootout against Kansas City. I just, I think that it would be close, but I don't think that they'd be able to. But I do think they'll make it to the NFC, to the AFC Championship. I just thought that post was funny. And then, you know, of course, he responded with all of the losses that the Colts had suffered. And then, you know, I walked myself right into that one. So I kind of deserved it. But I thought it was interesting. Like, we will definitely see. Because, I mean, think about the Steelers' schedule for the next few weeks. They're playing the Bills this week. Then they go and play Indianapolis, which, you know, the Colts, they won't make it to the AFC Championship. But they're not a pushover. Neither are the Bills. So those will be a couple interesting games to watch for the Steelers for sure. Seems like the Steelers always perform better against teams that are good mm-hmm. than teams that are bad. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of numbers they put up against those teams. But the Steelers are definitely a team to watch down the stretch because if they can go in and beat both of those teams, I think that they have a real shot against Kansas City. But if they struggle in those games, if their offense you know, isn't clicking on all cylinders, I don't know, man. I just can't see them beating the Chiefs. The Chiefs are just too good on offense. And even though their defense is mediocre, they can drop like 65 points a game if they really try hard enough. I don't know. I just, they're scary. That they are. I mean, their offense can put up points against anybody. And that's not what I'm really questioning. I mean, even they, though, they had a close game against Denver, a much closer game than it probably should have been. I mean, they had a touchdown that didn't count. 
<laughs> which it should have. Um, most epic catch of the week for sure. I'm just going to really quick say I was very salty this week. I would have won my fantasy league that I had a huge win streak in if one of those Tyreek Hill touchdowns counted. I just needed one of them to count. And both of them were annulled and I lost by six. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Uh, or I lost by it like five or six. makes you feel any better. I lost because Hayden Hurst did nothing. So oh, man. I was relying on my kicker, which to be fair, he dropped 11 points, which is pretty good for a kicker. Yeah. But I still lost. There go my playoff hopes. All right, but um, Chelsea, you got another topic for us, correct? Correct. Let's dive in to how the Jets almost pulled off the first win of their very sad season. So they almost did, right? Raiders beat them 31-28. to 28. Sam Darnold is still not good. He was 14 of 23 for 186 yards, two touchdowns, a rushing touchdown, an interception, and two lost fumbles. So you take the turnovers out of there, and, you know, he doesn't look – it looks pretty good. I mean, he has three touchdowns, but the turnover just killed them. If Darnold had not fumbled twice and if he had not thrown the interception, honestly, they probably would have won. Like I've said in past episodes, Sam Darnold is verified not good, but I want him to be good. Maybe he'll get traded to another team and he'll be a lot better because the Jets are the Jets. But so got a little Clemson shout out. Farrell on the D line for the Raiders forced both of the Darnold fumbles. The shout out to Clemson for producing D line players every year of your existence. Ty Johnson or TY? I think it's Ty. Had a coming out game for the Jets, running back, 22 carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown. Josh Adams, another one of their running backs, had eight carries for 100 and for 74 yards. So sorry. And shout out to Jamison Crowder for having five catches, 47 yards, and two touchdowns. You love to see a Jets wide receiver go off just because it does not happen very much this season. Uh, Arthur Mollett, I think, intercepted Derek Carr. That was Derek Carr's one interception of the game. And, I mean, he was mostly fine. He was 28-47 for uh, 381 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. And he had two carries for five yards and a touchdown. So both the quarterbacks had rushing touchdowns. And then, man, Darren Waller went off in this game with 13 interceptions for 200 yards and two touchdowns. He had himself a game and arguably I think he's a top five tight end he is very impressive and he really produces stats in the system that the Raiders play so that was a big game for him Raiders just had a bad all-around game on defense honestly you should not be allowing the Jets to go down the field and score on you score 28 on you the Raiders go and beat the Chiefs and then allow 28 from the Jets. If that is not the most 2020 thing I have ever said, there you go. But of course, you know, the Jets jetted. Um, Henry Ruggs, rookie wide receiver out of Alabama for the Raiders, seals the game for Las Vegas. He had three receptions for 84 yards and a touchdown and had a 46-yard catch on the final play of the game because, naturally, the Jets' defense caved, 
And because of the Jets' defense caving, they fired their defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, after the game. But honestly, do you think that he allowed that touchdown to hashtag keep the tank alive? I don't know. I don't think he thought he'd get fired. Maybe he just really wanted Trevor Lawrence. I don't know, man. But he definitely got very fired after this game. So the Jets have fight in them. This is the second week that the Jets have almost won. The Jets are still a professional football team. I mean, I get that they're bad, but, you know, they still are a professional team with very good athletes on it. So they have a chance to come out and win every week, and they almost did. They really did. If they had not turned the ball over, they probably would have won. I followed a bunch of Jets fan accounts on our Instagram, Launch Codes Football, and they were all, all of them were cheering about how they lost because they were all afraid that the tank was going to end. If that is not the most Jets thing, I really don't know what is. They're just like, look, we want it to be like, we want the number one pick. And, you know, Greg Williams, I think he sealed that. I definitely did. I want to make a quick comment kind of on that last on that last play that Greg Williams called and okay so I want to I know a lot of Jets fans are like okay well why would you call this play all right so I think Greg Williams maybe he didn't get the exact idea but there's been a recent thing or maybe it's not very recent I don't know exactly but recently when teams have been trying to go throw the Hail Mary types of passes um teams defenses have been blitzing um sending extra guys to make them throw it away quick so they don't have time to look down the field and do something like Aaron Rodgers has done where he you know has all Tell the time in the it. world and then throws it uh, and makes this huge completion so what they're trying to do is they're trying to make the quarterback throw quickly so the receivers don't even have time to run up the field Actually, if so, what I did was I remember this happened against the Saints back when Teddy Bridgewater was starting for the Saints and they were playing the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night football. Dak Prescott with two seconds in the fourth. I was just watching the video just now. Two seconds left to go in the fourth. They're throwing a Hail Mary. Saints rush five, makes Dak throw it away, throws an interception. That's the ball game. It doesn't even reach the end zone. So I think what Greg Williams was trying to do was something similar to that. But then you watch the Jets play. And he rushed like six or seven and rushing five makes some sense because you're just putting extra pressure, but you still have enough guys. But if you look what happened, one of the secondary players, I mean, he got beat. Like if you look, Henry Ruggs beat him. He juked him out of his shoes and then got him. And then they scored the touchdown. And so on some level that is on the, that is on the secondary player or the corner. I couldn't, I can't see exactly who it is, but. That is on some level on them, but also why do you need to rush seven? And the problem is the seventh guy you can watch. If you go back and look, the seventh guy isn't really blitzing. He's just standing there slowly jogs up. And then at the last second blitzes, and maybe that was the plan. But in my opinion, if you're going to send an all out blitz, then just send it. I don't think it's a good decision. I don't think it's a good decision. And I guess that guy is there to, protect any safety valves that may be running an underneath route or something but there was nobody doing that everybody was running deep because there were nine seconds left in this game and 
the Raiders had no timeouts. So it just, I, I know everyone's talked about it, but I think that's where Greg Williams got his idea. I'd seen it a couple times, like blitzing on the Hail Mary. But the Saints sent five. There's a difference between sending five and seven. <laughs> so, I mean, that's pretty much all I got for that. But I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that with what the Jets have, what the Jets did. So, I mean, I agree for sure. I think, I think it also depends on the quarterback. Like, would I rush five against Patrick Mahomes, who has one of the quickest releases in the NFL? Probably not. Would I rush five against Aaron Rodgers, who, same thing, or even Ben Roethlisberger, who's had an incredibly fast release this year? Probably not. I'm pretty sure that Derek Carr is not known for having one of the faster releases in the NFL. So honestly, they probably could have gotten away with not doing that. It's just very Jets, you know, trying something that works and then failing miserably. But the idea being good, it just speaks Jets, you know? I, I so see sorry, what you Greg mean. Williams. I, I hope that you get hired somewhere else and learn from your mistake. But can we take a moment to acknowledge that they fired Greg Williams and not Adam Gase? Can yeah. we just, can we, I, you're, what, that's all I have to say. I mean, maybe they're just waiting till the season's over. I don't know, but. I don't know either. I just, you're going to fire the defensive coordinator, but not Adam Gase, who's literally the cause of all of your problems for play calling. I just, it's just very Jets. It is. I don't know, but we'll see what they do with their probable number one or number two pick. Um, next topic we got here. Um, this was an interesting game, too. We got the Giants upsetting the Seahawks. I thought this was an interesting game. You check at the halftime, you know, people probably turn their heads a bit. It was five to zero. Like five, five points, but a strange number. So I five to zero what the heck i mean seattle was winning but they only put up three points in the first half the other two were scored by a blocked punt by the seahawks special teams and they almost got the touchdown but he like when i think when he the player grabbed it it was either already out of bounds or maybe he was out of bounds when he grabbed it i don't know he it probably sucked. regrets not scoring a touchdown there it would have been a tough grab for a touchdown so i can't blame him and it was a great play Either way, they scored. and But the Seahawks offense, I mean, it's rated, what, third in the league? It's top five. Yeah. And honestly, Russell Wilson, he went 27 for 43. He had 263 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception. But some of the passes he was throwing just looked off. Like, I think this, the Seattle Seahawks struggled getting first downs. He was – now, one thing about it, Russell Wilson was getting hit a lot Um against the giants he was taking a lot of hits and i do wonder if that impacted some of his accuracy we don't know because you know a hit that may not look that bad on tv would not feel good to a regular person and so you know even for him you know he's not the biggest guy in the world so maybe those hits took a toll on him in this game i think that the giants look legit they have they seem to have a good defense. They almost had a chance to even win the game. This was more of a bad Russell Wilson throw than anything where at the end of the game with about 50 seconds left, Russell Wilson overthrows it. It goes deep and it completely misses his receiver, almost goes right into the hands of one of the secondary players for the Giants, but it bounced out. 
some probably all the Giants fans were thinking, oh my gosh, this is it. That was the chance, and now we're gonna lose. But then they got a sack later on, and they were able to stop. They were able to stop Seattle. I mean, there, it came down to a last second hail mary that wasn't even near the end zone. I just think overall Seattle just looked rough in this game. I guess also something to point out is Colt McCoy, 105 yards, 13 of 22 passing, one touchdown, one interception. Woohoo! Wayne Gallman had 16 carries, 135 yards, and averaged 8.4 yards per carry. I mean, he's legit. And I mean, yeah, Wayne Gallman's putting up good rushing numbers. Honestly, the Giants are good at running the ball. And I think if they can kind of go to a more run-heavy offense with just enough passing like Colt McCoy's doing, I think they can win out their divi- win the rest of their games or potentially make the playoffs. But that does lead me into the question of, Chelsea, do you think the Giants are playoff bound? Oh, gosh. I think if they had Saquon Barkley, yes. Because you're talking about how you think they should rely on their rushing. I mean, Saquon Barkley, when healthy, is arguably a top five running back in the league. And is Wayne Gallman him? No. But is Wayne Gallman filling in really nicely? Yeah. The coaching staff has done a really good job with Wayne Gallman. So good job, Giants. I, I don't know. Even if they got Daniel Jones back, I don't know. Honestly, at the beginning of the year, not the, I won't say the beginning. It was maybe, I don't know, week four, week five, after Dak's injury, after he was out for the season. I picked Washington to win the division. And honestly, I'm still sticking with that. I think that their defense is legit. I think that their line is really good. I think that they're, isn't their secondary, like a top three secondary in the league? Their defense is legit. And if they don't make any colossal mistakes on offense, they can go in and beat anyone like we saw this week. So I think that the Giants will come in second. And maybe potentially if some crazy things happen, they can slip in as a wild card. But I don't think that they will win the division. I think that if they had a legitimate offense, that they could be a really good team because their defense is not bad. Their running backs are not bad. Their receivers are decent. They could use a tight end. They could use a quarterback and obviously more linemen. But two, three years, I could see the Giants being pretty good again. But I'm not picking them to win the division this year. I'm going to go with Washington. I'm just liking what they're doing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm sticking with my pick of Washington as of now as well because I think now the only thing is since Washington has lost to the Giants, I mean – I think that's that's going to be huge if, if Washington has lost both time to the I believe both times to the Giants. Um, I think so. I can't remember. And and I think the pro and so that's going to lead to, I mean, I don't know, is that going to end up hurting them? Yeah, they've lost both times, tw- nineteen to twenty to the Giants and twenty three to twenty to the Giants. So that's so sad. That's gonna that could really hurt them in their playoff chances. So they're, in my opinion, they're gonna have to win out. Um, yeah, I yeah. I'll agree. I'll definitely I definitely think it's either gonna be Washington or the Giants. Yeah, I think the like Eagles I don't are think dead. it's gonna be the Eagles even with Hurts, which we'll be talking about that in a few minutes. Yes. Um, I don't think the Eagles are gonna make it. I think that their offense is too anemic. Uh, their defense has showed some sparks though, but I definitely think it's the offense that has the problem. And then, obviously, the Cowboys are not going to win 
because they don't have Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott has fumble issues. And their defense but is think- very good. I think that it'll be between these teams, between Washington and the Giants. If the Giants ended up winning, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, it wouldn't surprise me. Do I think either team is going to do anything in the playoffs? No. But how 2020 would it be if a 6-10 and 10 team went in and won the Super Bowl? I wouldn't even be mad. I'd, me either. I'd be glad. I'd be shocked. Like, Washington comes in, you know... Ron Rivera's done this before. When he was with the Panthers, he went 7-8-1, and one, made the playoffs, and won a playoff game, and then played Seattle at Seattle. They lost that game, but it wasn't that bad of a game, and that was the defending Super Bowl champs. So it's not like this man has not dealt with losing teams making the playoffs before. I mean, what kind of story would it be if Washington went in and won the Super Bowl with Alex Smith, who not only suffered a catastrophic injury and completely recovered and is now playing winning football, but also with a head coach that just beat cancer. What kind of inspirational peak 2020 headline would that be? Honestly, a small part of me wishes that it would happen because that would just be awesome. That's a 30 for 30 right there. ESPN has oh, a script absolutely. written for them. They already have it written. They already know it's going to happen. <laughs> They're rigging it actually. Um, yeah. That's why they keep winning. No, <laughs> I'm kidding, but um, but going to that, we'll see what happens. But our breaking news that we just found out recently is that Carson Wentz is going to be benched uh, for the Eagles for Jalen Hurts up against the Saints this week. So, Chelsea, what do you think about that? I feel bad for Carson Wentz. I really do. Does he have his own problems? Absolutely. Earlier, we were talking about some of his mechanics how they're a little messed up, which is that something that could be fixed? Yes, it's something that could be fixed. I just feel bad. All of the Eagles fans, or not all of them, but a lot of them that I'm seeing are just heaping hate on him. I just, I don't know if that's fair. His line is terrible. The Eagles are known for having a pretty good O-line, but all three of their major contributors on their line are out. They're dealing with a bunch of backups. He literally gets hit every play. So a lot of his struggles aren't even his fault. His top receiver is Jalen Rieger, who is he good? Yeah, but he's a rookie and they really don't have anyone else. His tight ends are good and his running back is good, but his receivers really aren't and his line is horrible. And because of some of those factors, he's been playing awful. But I mean, think back two, three years ago, he was in the MVP race and they paid him because he's a good quarterback. So clearly he's not bad. He's just stuck in a bad system with a bad O-line and no one to throw to with a defense that's inconsistent at best. Like he obviously has his own problems, but I just, I don't know how Hurts is going to fix this situation. And I don't even know if they're playing him to fix this situation, honestly. If they're playing him for the rest of the season just to see what they can get out of him, fine. So be it. As an NFL fan, I love seeing rookie quarterbacks play. I want to see him play. I want to see what he can do. And he could probably help their O-line issues a little bit, right? Because Carson Wentz isn't really that mobile. After he suffered a couple of injuries, you know, he's more tentative now. You got a rookie 
and Hertz, who's willing to like dive headfirst into people like he did at Alabama and Oklahoma. So he's not scared, right? So him being able to be mobile and get out of the pocket, I think has the capacity to help the Eagles a little bit, but I think it's just a band-aid over a bigger problem. Like their problem is not their quarterback mostly. Their problem is their O-line and their receivers, which is really a shame because half their offense is really good. They have an amazing running back if he can stay healthy and two really high quality tight ends. It's just the fact that the other parts of the offense can't do anything. That's just, you know, I'm glad that Hertz is getting the opportunity, but I don't know what this is going to fix. I mean, they paid Wentz, what, like $106 million over the next three, four years. I saw a chart that if they cut him, they'd lose like 50 million in dead money. And then if they keep him, they'll, if they trade him, they'll like lose money. So like, regardless, they're going to lose money, which is why I think you stick with him. You draft, you literally draft nine offensive linemen and receivers. That's all you take in the draft, wide receivers and linemen, and just hope that he can go back to his old self. Like I do like Hertz. I think he'll do well as well as you can do on the Eagles, but I think he's just a band-aid solution. Like, I don't think he's going to fix their O-line. He's not going to fix their receivers. He's more mobile, sure, and he has the ability to scramble more so than Wentz does. I just, I'm excited to see him. I just don't really know if it's going to fix anything. Like, I want to see him. I want to see if he can take over this team, but I just, he's not going to fix any of their problems. Like, he'll fix the interceptions, probably, and the throwing mechanics of Wentz, but of all the problems they have on offense, those are the least important problems. So, like I said, be fun to see him. I just don't really know what's good, what good it's going to do. I agree to an extent. I think Jalen Hurts, I don't think he's designed. I don't think they're putting him in here expecting him to fix everything in the offense. I think For he's sure. I think he's more mobile than Carson Wentz. Not to say Carson Wentz isn't, but I think he's I think Jalen Hurts is going to be able to get around the pocket a little bit easier and kind of I think they're trying to alleviate some of that um, pressure that the quarterback is getting like Carson Wentz is getting a lot of pressure on him right now and I think with Jalen Hurts they know he can escape tackles or he can escape the pocket a little bit better than Carson Wentz so maybe they're hoping that that will be able to create some opportunities for them on offense and you know the fact that they'll have a more mobile quarterback might help them I think there's a guy on YouTube that I really like to watch because he does NFL breakdowns and does film um, guy named Brett Coleman and check out his video on Carson Wentz. And I watched, uh, I watched a little bit about it. And I think something that he points out with Carson Wentz is that, um, and Chelsea mentioned that we were talking about it earlier, but Carson Wentz, when he throws the ball, you can see this even in his older highlights, he's very wide legged. Like he's standing, like his legs are very spread apart. And to some people that's like, well, what does that matter? Well, throwing mechanics are important to me. I think that mechanics, while they can be fixed, ultimately it's hard to, because at this point, Carson Wentz has been throwing a football for 20 plus years now. And I do believe that you can fix mechanics, but I don't believe it's as easy as people think. I think that you're going to, if you see Carson once try to fix his mechanics, he might start to struggle again. And people are going to say, well, he hasn't changed or he hasn't done anything. And that it might take some time. If he changes that, I don't, I'm not even, I don't even know if they will change it. Cause on one hand he had an MVP season not too long ago, even with his injury problems and stuff, but 
I think that the problem you're going to see is that those things, in my opinion, do add up. I think the mechanics of how quarterbacks throw, obviously you've got guys like you mentioned earlier, Chelsea, before the show, Philip Rivers. I mean, yeah, he has a funky looking release and he has, it doesn't look normal and that works for some people but right now it doesn't seem like it's working for Carson Wentz it seems like maybe the injuries are taking a toll on him I don't know and the thing is the Eagles can't really get rid of him like you said because they're gonna lose a ton of money and I don't think a team is willing to trade for him right now he doesn't have a ton of trade value so I will say I have been looking at all of the posts on the socials and I follow a bunch of Eagles accounts. And I have seen Eagles fans petitioning to get Carson Wentz traded to Indianapolis for one reason. Well, actually, I'll say three reasons. Number one, Frank Reich was his offensive coordinator in his season where he could have won MVP. He works really well with Frank Reich, and he's a head coach. Number two, they have a top five O-line in the league. That would certainly help. Number three, they have a legit wide receiver core if they can stay healthy, which are three things that the Eagles don't have. I could see the Colts maybe trying to trade for him. I don't think they'd give up a lot for him because of his injury history and his recent you know, flaws and um, some of the things that have happened. But a lot of Eagles fans think that he could have a career, re- like he could resurrect his career in Indianapolis with the weapons they have with the wide receivers, with the O-line when it's healthy, with Frank Reich, who he's had incredible success with, you know, in the Super Bowl season mm-hmm. before he got hurt, and then Foles took over and he worked with him, and, you know, they jived really well. So I could see that working. I just don't think Indianapolis will do anything about it. But I think if he was going to go anywhere, that's where he would go. I could see that. I think the problem Indianapolis would have it's not giving away picks. It's the amount of cap space that Carson Wentz takes up. And you it's have, true. then you, cause you got, you know, let, let's look at the Colts. They have a very good defense. They have a very good offensive line. They have good receivers. You go get Carson Wentz. You have to sacrifice somewhere. You have to take away from something. Well, you don't want to take away from your defense because they're young and elite. You don't want to take away from the offensive line because they're protecting Wentz, but you don't want to take away from the receivers because you want him to have weapons. So I will say I could see them shipping T.Y. Hilton off because he's getting older. And I think the Eagles are desperate enough to take anyone. Not that I think that they should ship T.Y. off, but he's over 30 now. And, you know, this year has definitely been a bad year, but the last couple of games he's played really well. But I do agree with you. I mean, the Colts are known for having the last couple of years, having some of the most cap in the league. We have a ton of cap in Indianapolis, but the thing is we have Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson that we have to pay. Mm -hmm. And they're both going to want heaps of money, which they obviously deserve because they're two of the best at their respective positions. So, I mean, you got a point. He's going to eat up cap. I mean, maybe if he's desperate enough and wants to resurrect his career, he'll be willing to take less do some contract maintenance i don't know but i I just feel bad for him (laughs) i I see what you mean and i mean it'll be interesting to see what the colts do that's just kind of my thought on the topic of if they traded for carson wentz is that is he worth the amount of money that they would have to pay him and sacrifice at other positions and that's I i think ultimately what it comes down to but all that aside 
we have our hot take for this week. Chelsea, oh, would yes. you like to read it off for us? Absolutely. So shout out to Kevin's son again for his second hot take in a row. So this week we got with the Seahawks loss to the Giants on Sunday, Russell Wilson is officially out of the MVP race. That is our hot take for the week. Here is the justification. The Seahawks lost the Giants at home. Yes, the Giants have a good defense, but Seattle's offense is better. You would think that Seattle, with all the weapons that they had, could go out and thrash the Giants, even if they are halfway decent. I added this because I thought it was funny. I said, Colt McCoy greater than Russ? Obviously not. I just, that was for giggles. The two other leading MVP candidates, Mahomes and Rodgers, have lost a combined four games, but all to starting quarterbacks. Russell just lost a game against a backup. Now, you know, good job, Colt McCoy. You just won your team a game. That was awesome. But you aren't a starter. Russell's stats from this game, 27-43 for 263 yards, a touchdown, an interception, a lost fumble with a QBR of 31.9. But you look at those stats, and that's not Russell Wilson-esque at all. I don't know what has happened to him the second half of this season. It's probably his O-line issues. But he has just gone from like leading the MVP race to not. So what do you think, Chris? Do you think that he's out of the MVP race at this loss? I guess the question is, who are we putting in the MVP race as well? So like we've got. Put Rodgers and Mahomes. Rodgers and Mahomes. Well, to be, I'm going to be honest with you. The NFL, the way MVPs work is they don't. This is going to sound really bad, but like the way this works is it's not really about like, are you actually the most valuable player? Say. But yeah, and honestly, yeah. it's just more about who's it, we obsess most valuable quarterback more like I agree, but people obsess with new. They always want new and what's new and flashy and. Mahomes has already won the MVP. He might still get it. And especially if Russell continues to lose games, Mahomes will probably get it. He's still kind of, you know, that flashy new that people like. I don't think Rodgers is going to get it. He's been around long, too long. People aren't fascinated by as much by him as they used to be. This is really sad. And I'm not trying to sound like this kind of person, but I just don't think the MVP is always about who's actually been the MVP for their team. I agree. It's most of the time just like who's winning, who's flashy, you know, all this stuff. So it could go back to Mahomes. I don't know. I think the league, I think people in general really want to vote for Russell Wilson because he hasn't won it yet and they don't want to give it to the same person again. So uh, that's just something I don't feel like the media members who vote want to happen. It doesn't happen often, which I mean, in fairness, it's a very hard thing to do, but also it's like, you know, we obsess over the new, we want, you know, we want, we want the new flashy things. And that's, I mean, Lamar Jackson got it. Lamar Jackson. Now I believe he earned it last year, but it's also like, was he the best quarterback? I still think Mahomes is the best one. Now Mahomes was out for some injury in that season should that have discounted it eh, i don't know that depends what yeah, that's up each person feels differently about that for me though i don't think russell's out of it if you look at they've still got several games remaining if he tears it up in those last several games i don't really think 
that he's out of it yet. I understand that he had a bad game this game and that they've lost several games that, that aren't good losses. But also, it's like if he tears it up these last few games, I could see them still giving it to him because, you know, you could look at somebody who's voting for MVP could be like, well, you know what? I think that Patrick Mahomes, while he's really great, has guys like Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill and Andy Reid as their coach and Le'Veon Bell and Edwards Alaire and all of these people. So, you know, maybe he has too much help. So maybe he's not the most valuable player. So I might give it to Seattle. Yes, he has DK Metcalf and he has Tyler Lockett and some others. Chris but those, Carson. Chris Carson. But those, you know, that's how some of these people might think. I don't know who votes for this stuff, but someone might really think that way. And Russell, in some ways, has to carry a little more, in my opinion, than some of the guys like than Mahomes. But not to say that, you know, those guys don't do their share. I'm not saying that at all or disrespect to their teams. I just mean like Russell, in a lot of ways, has to put up a better game because, you know, I think people like the Chiefs have just a ton of weapons and that will work, you know. Even if Matt Moore goes out there at backup QB, like they'll still find ways to get those guys touches and they'll play well. I hope it makes sense what I'm saying. I just don't it think does. he's I don't think he's out of the race yet, especially if he tears it up these last few games and you know really shows up and closes out the season well. You know, I think you make an interesting point about what it means to win the MVP. Especially in the two thousands, it's felt like MVP has been more like MVQ <laughs> because usually unless someone has an absolutely crazy season, a quarterback wins it, right? And not that quarterbacks shouldn't win it and not that they don't deserve it. But if you're looking at what MVP actually means, wouldn't it make more sense if a player that isn't a quarterback won it? Like you're saying, like the Chiefs, they have a loaded offense. Now, here's an example. Obviously, I'm saying this because I'm biased, and obviously this is not going to happen. But let's take a look at DeForest Buckner for the Colts. That game against Tennessee, we got destroyed by Derrick Henry and by Tannehill because we had no pass rush, because he anchors the pass rush. This week, we went in, and we beat Houston, though it was way closer than it should have been. But... DeForest Buckner transformed that game for us. Without him in there, we got throttled. So if you're going to make that argument of getting throttled without them there versus winning with them there, I think you could apply that to any player that's not a quarterback. You could apply it to the best secondary player. Without him, they get roasted and they lose. With him, they win, right? You could do wide receiver. I mean, look at Hopkins with that amazing catch he had. He was definitely the most valuable player of that game. Do I think he's the most valuable player in the league? No. And, you know, I get the weight that quarterbacks carry. Obviously, your chances of winning are going to go way down if you have a terrible quarterback. So they're important. But I just think a lot of the other position players look get looked over. You know, everyone focuses on the quarterbacks because, you know, they carry – the brunt of the offense, but they don't carry the defense, right? I mean, mm -hmm. even look at O-line. Look at someone like Quentin Nelson. Without Quentin Nelson, our line would be terrible. 
But like no one's ever going to give the MVP to an O lineman because there are no linemen and that's not flashy. Right. Yeah. So I think it just prevents it, you know, presents an interesting conversation. Um, like I do think that a quarterback's still going to win it. I don't think that Russ is out of it. I think of the three of those quarterbacks, he's the third best currently, but I don't think that makes him out of it. I think it, it prevents it, you know, it's an interesting thing to talk about. Like maybe we should start considering the Aaron Donalds and the Quentin Nelsons of the world for the MVP rather than the Aaron Rodgers and the Russell Wilsons. Mm-hmm. I agree. The problem with football is that, I mean, is the way that it's set up. It's very much. Yeah. I mean, your quarter, your quarterback is your main focus, especially in today's offenses and stuff like that. You just didn't used to be though. Yeah, I mean, it used to, it used to be running backs who won it all the time. It used to be Jerome Bettis, the bus. Mm-hmm. Now but, I don't know if he's won the MVP, but when I think of a running back that can just take over, that's what I think of. Mm-hmm. Or even guys, I mean, this has only happened once before, but Lawrence Taylor winning MVP back when he yep. used to play defensive, the only defensive player to ever win it. And that's kind of crazy to me. Maybe they need to do something about that. But I mean, they've also neutered defenses so hard <laughs> in the NFL yeah. today that what can you do? I mean, I'm surprised Aaron Donald hasn't won it. I mean, he won defensive player of the year, but I mean, there could be an argument for him being the most valuable player of that team that year or in the NFL. I mean, he was amazing. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see how the year pans out, but um, as far as Russell being out, I'm not sold that he's out. I can definitely see that he's not the leader. He's not leading the race right now though. I can, I, I can agree with that. I agree. All right. So our last segment here, we've got game picks. So and who's winning, Chris? Chelsea is winning by three, 47. You're catching to up to me though. I am right there. And you tried to blow me out last week. Well, it didn't no. happen. So I picked three upsets and only one of them happened. So and I guess we still don't know about the Dallas game yet. So because we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. So yeah, we, by we the time this comes out, we'll know though. So it could be 47 to 45. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Our first game we got here, Patriots at Rams. I've got the Rams. I think the Patriots played a great game against the Chargers, but I think the Rams, they're a really good team. They seem like, I think they're a legit, they are a legit contender. And so I'm going to pick them to go for this game. So. I'm going to go with the Rams also. Like you said, the Patriots had a great game against the Chargers, but I think that the Rams defense is going to be too much for Cam Newton. All right. Next game, Broncos at Panthers. I'm going to go with the Panthers here, but also because McCaffrey could be back for this game. Um, There are the concerns, though, for the Panthers are that there are eight Panthers on the COVID list right now. They tested it today that and there were no new tests but i think that could hurt them not quite as bad as it hurt the broncos a couple weeks ago but um i'm gonna go with them i think they're well coached i think they have a good vision and i think they can win this game i'm gonna go with the panthers because the broncos are the broncos fair take next we have texans at chicago I'm going with the Texans. They've been playing well recently, um, even though they lost Will Fuller for the year, um, which is I think could hurt them through the rest of the season. I still think they're playing good football. 
And so you got to give props to the Texans starting out the year. Awful. Everything going wrong. Coaching fiasco coming in with COVID protocol. It just it was a mess, but they've, they've seemed to be legit. So I'm going with the Texans. I'm going with the Texans also because Deshaun Watson is greater than Mitchell Trubisky. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I like the honesty. So Cowboys at Bengals, Chelsea, who do you got? I'm going to pick the Cowboys. If the Bengals had Joe Burrow, I'd pick the Bengals. But I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I think that Ezekiel Elliott is going to have a good game. And I think that's going to be the reason they win. Yeah, same. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I think they can put up decent games. I don't think they win them all that often. But I do. I believe they can beat the Bengals. I don't think after losing their starting quarterback, I don't think the Bengals are very good. So, and they weren't even that good with him. So I was about to say, <laughs> yeah, next we got Packers at lions. Lions are terrible. I don't know what they are. I'm going with the Packers. If I'm wrong, like green Bay, you got a lot of explaining to do, but, and we'll have a whole segment if they lose this one, but I'm going with the Packers. I don't see them losing this game. I'm picking the Packers because Devonte Adams is greater than Darius Slayton. Right. Even though Darius Slayton is very good, I think that Devontae Adams is better. Also, they have Aaron Rodgers, so you can't really argue against that. Yeah, just some guy. Just some guy named Aaron. All right, next game, Titans at Jags. I've got the Titans. I think they're going to have a bounce-back game, even though they didn't have a great one last week against the Browns. I think the Jags are awful. I think everyone feels that way. I mean, they're not to the point they've been competitive yeah they're competitive they're not to the point where they're just gonna lie down and lose by 40 but i think they that the titans are a better team i'm also going to go with the titans but there is a small part of me as a colts fan that wants the jaguars to win not only because it would hurt the titans record but also because a win would put the jaguars farther away from trevor lawrence but I'm still going to go with the Titans. I just might have to deal with Justin Fields instead, but that's fine. I mean, they'll just get massacred by bad offensive lines anyway, so what does it matter? Watch right? the Jaguars take Trey Lance and then he be awful. I would laugh. Not that I want him to be awful. I want him to be good, but I would still laugh. Hmm. Picks over Trevor and Mr. Ohio State to take Trey Lance, who doesn't have that much experience. I would laugh. I'm so sorry. Well, I'll be I'll be interested to see the draft this year. I think it'll be a really interesting mm-hmm. draft year. All right, next we have the Chiefs at the Dolphins. I'm going with the Chiefs. I think the Dolphins, I think they're a good team, but I think the Chiefs overall are still, I mean, they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl. I think they will drop a game eventually. They played a close game against Denver, and, you know, they could drop this one. I, they didn't look super sharp against Denver. So I could see them maybe dropping this one and losing it, but I'm still going to pick them. So I'm going with the Chiefs. I'm going to pick the Chiefs also, but I think it will be entertaining. It'll be Patrick Mahomes versus one of the rookie golden children of the NFL and Tua. So I think that it'll be interesting to see how Tua, like what his stats look like versus Patrick Mahomes at the end of this game. I think it'll be entertaining. I don't think that the Dolphins will win, 
And I don't necessarily think it'll be super close, but I do think it'll be entertaining. Right. I think it could be an entertaining one. Chiefs have the Chiefs have given us entertaining games. That's the great part about them not having an elite defense is that some of these go end up in shootouts, right? So True. all right. Next game, we got the Cardinals Both playing. Pick the upset, I see. Yeah, we got the Cardinals Cardinals playing the Giants, but you know, I'm gonna be honest, the Cardinals have dropped three in a row. Is this real I know by record this is an upset, but the Giants have been playing well recently. And the Cardinals just haven't, and they haven't shown that they're gonna turn it around. They I thought about picking them for this game for a bounce back game, and they might. The NFL is weird. So um, but I'm gonna go with the Giants as of now. I'm gonna pick the Giants too, because what the heck? That that's that's my justification. Also, it's 2020, so it could happen. Also, like you said, the cards haven't looked good. I think the cards are officially Oh, I think they were overrated. I think this is, you know, what they actually are. I think that they have a lot of talent and a lot of promise, but the Giants are on a tear. I want to see Wayne Gallman go off. Mm -hmm. I want to see them win. And they're at home, which, you know, doesn't matter that much this year. But I'm going to pick the Giants, and I know we're both going to be real salty if the Cardinals win this game because we're both not going to get points towards our winning totals. You know what? I'll take a tie over you winning and me losing a game, a pick. Uh, so, same. all right. Next, we got the Vikings at Bucks. All right, we got different ones here. So let's Finally. go. I'm picking the Vikings. I wow. think they're gonna make an upset out of the Bucks because the Vikings have been playing really well recently. They've won their games. They've been doing what they've got to do, and I think as of right now, they're a playoff uh, team. I believe, or like they're right on the edge. So, and they've really turned it around ever since Dalvin cook has gotten healthy. Their team seems to have just been rejuvenated. It seems like things are going better for them than it was weeks ago. For instance, when they played Seattle and that whole thing happened of not kicking and then giving up a DK Metcalf game winner. So Honestly, they've gotten a lot better since then. So I'm going to go with the Vikings. I think the Bucks haven't really, they've improved sometimes and then other times they haven't improved. So. All right. I'm taking the opposite team. I'm going with the Bucks mostly because, okay. I will preface it with the fact that I would not be surprised if the Bucks lost this game. I think that this could be a trap game for the Bucks, but I do think they'll still win because I do not think that Tom Brady wants to hear about how Kirk Cousins played better than him. Tom Brady don't want to hear any criticism right now. He just wants to play. So that that is true. Also, I don't know what the deal with him and Arians is. I have never honestly it warms my Colts warms my Colts heart to see a head coach calling Tom Brady out on national TV and Tom being like, "What are you doing?" I'm just like, "Yes, I love to see it." I don't know what their deal is I don't know why Bruce Arians is not catering to Tom Brady considering Tom Brady as much as it hurts me is the best quarterback of all time I don't know about you but if I was Tom Brady's head coach I would do pretty much anything he asked me to do because he's Tom Brady so I don't know why Bruce Arians is being all antagonistic and trying to do something Tom is not he just can't do I mean he's old is he still really good yeah, he's still good, but he's old. You know, he doesn't have the capacity to throw the bar, the ball 60 yards downfield. He doesn't have the capacity to throw it 60 times a game anymore. 
I don't know what Bruce Arians deal is, but I would do what Tom wants you to do. And I think that if he does that, that they have a real shot of being a Super Bowl contender. I just don't know if Bruce Arians is going to do it, but I still have them winning this game. All right. Next, we got the Colts at Raiders. Uh, this you was didn't hard. even put one in this uh, blank. This is a tough one. I'm going to be honest. Like the Raiders just came off of, I know it was a win to the Jets, but I mean, that's a huge momentum. Could be a huge momentum booster, but also the Colts are good. I'm going to have to go with the Colts though. Not to pick the same as you, but because I just, if I have to yes. take on the surface, um, which team I think is better, I think it's the Colts. I'm going to go with the Colts because I'm a Colts fan. No, just kidding. Actually, I am a Colts fan, but I have actual reasons. I do think that the Raiders are good, but I mean, they just gave up 28 to the Jets last week on defense. I think if they can get their running game going, that they have a real shot of beating us because I've talked about in previous episodes that I think that they have one of the best running back tandems in the league. So if they can get their running game going, I think that they can beat us, but I don't think that they'll be able to with Buckner and Autry back. And it finally, praise the Lord, looks like T.Y. Hilton and Philip Rivers have finally established a repertoire between each other. So hopefully T.Y. Hilton will have another good game. I will say, I don't remember his last name. Is it Trayvon? Trayvon Mullen? He is good. I have looked at his stats the last few weeks, the secondary play for the Raiders. He's legit. So we're going to have to watch out for him because I could see him creating some kind of turnover. But I think on paper, the Colts are still better, especially on defense. I think that they can shut down a Derek Carr. Even though Derek Carr is really good, I think that our defense is better, especially if we get Okarike and Willis back, who are both out this week. So I'm going to go with the Colts, but I do think it'll be close. I don't think we're going to blow out the Raiders because the Raiders are a playoff team, and they're good. So I think it'll be close and competitive, but I do think we'll beat them. All right. I think it'll be a good game. Next game, on we, TV. Woo. next game, we got Jets at Seahawks. I am going with the Seahawks. I think they're going to turn it around after last week's loss. Surprise, you didn't pick the Jets. Eh, you know. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Seahawks, too. I think Russell Wilson is angry, and I think he's going to take it out on the Jets. We I also think g- DK is angry. We got to get Russ cooking again. Come on, man. You can't burn the house down. You got to start cooking, man. Seriously. So. We want Chef Russ back. So, Chef Russ, Chef Russ. All right. Next game we got, oh my goodness, this one. You know, okay, we've got the Falcons at Chargers here. I'm going <laughs> to, okay, I'm going to be honest. Whichever team is leading in the fourth quarter might be the one to lose. Like, true. I, both of these teams have blown leads in miraculous fashion. It's and been like, kind of awesome. This is like a memer's dream game right here. So honestly, I'm going with the Falcons. They have actually looked better as the seasons went on after firing Dan Quinn. But it's like, let's be honest, the Chargers can stay with people, but they just can't seem to win a game. So I'm going with the Falcons. But man, this one could be spectacular. I will say this game is going to have some spicy memes. Check your NFL accounts on your socials this Sunday because this game's about to be hilarious. I'm going to pick the Chargers. I think Justin Herbert got embarrassed against the Patriots. And I think 
he's going to be angry. And I think Keenan Allen, who had less than 50 yards, is going to be angry too. And I don't think that the Falcons secondary is that good. So I'm going to go with the Chargers, but I think they'll almost lose in a spectacular fashion. Like right. maybe Herbert will throw a pick and then someone will DK Metcalf, the guy, tackle him. Then it'll fumble, run it all the way back. Then it'll fumble again. The other team will get it. It'll be something miraculous. I'm so looking forward to this game. And this game honestly would be, it, it might be a must watch. I don't know. The memes are going to be spicy. All right. Next game, we got Saints at Eagles. I'm going with the Saints. If the Saints lose to the Eagles, like, like it'd just be 2020. I'm going to be honest. Like, something that was pointed out to me, the Saints have, like, they've beaten Tampa twice, which I do believe they are a good team. And I believe the Saints are a good team. But also, you know, everybody talks about, like, how the Steelers haven't really played that great of teams. But who have really the Saints beaten that have I mean, had, yeah. like, serious winning records? But nobody the delegitimizes the them. It's pretty much the same. I mean, I'm not saying they're not legit, just like I'm not saying that the Steelers aren't legit, but yep. the Saints do play the Chiefs though this year. But so I think we'll I think that's next week's game. So we'll really see I think a test there, but the Eagles And they should have Breeze back for that game. Mm, that could be huge. So And if they don't, they're going to get wrecked. I'm going with the Saints here though. I don't think I think the Eagles are just a mess right now and until they show me otherwise, you know, don't no disrespect to them, but until they show me otherwise, I'm picking the Saints on this one. I'm going with the Saints too. I'm gonna take Taysom Hill over Jalen Hurts. However, it'll be interesting to see Jalen Hurts have a whole game. Yeah, I do think that'll be interesting. And if the Eagles, I mean, if Jalen Hurts ends up playing well, you know, who I mean, knows what's gonna happen. The Saints have one of the best defenses in the league. So if Jalen Hurts makes the Eagles offense look good in this game, I think there's serious promise for him to take over permanently. Mm -hmm. Next game, we got Washington playing the 49ers. Um, I'm going with Washington. I think the 49ers could have been technically technically, but the 49ers are banged up and just, I think they could have been a good team this year, but I think Washington's on a, hot streak right now i know it's just different in the nfl every day but i'm going with washington i'm taking river vote ron all right next we got steelers at bills this is a big one actually um and we did different picks i feel like i've been defending the steelers this whole time and i feel like <laughs> all the steelers fans are gonna hate me for this but you know what like i'm gonna pick the bills i think this is you know, I think every team sometimes has their downward spirals. I don't know how big of one it'll be for the Steelers. If you lose to the Bills, that's not the worst loss you could have. It really isn't. But I think the Bills, you know, they just came off of a good win last night. And I think they'll, I think they have a real shot to beat the Steelers. I don't think it's unprecedented that they beat the Steelers. You know, the Bills are a legit team. So, but if the Steelers win this, that is definitely a case to argue for that they are legit. So, but I'm going to pick the bills. I'm going to go with the Steelers in this game. I think that they're going to come out angry and that they're going to want a bounce back game and that Mike Tomlin's going to yell at them a lot. So they'll play better, but I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think it'll be close because that bill's defense mm -hmm. is legit. So the Steelers are going to have to clean up their drop issues if they want to win this game. And they're going to have to get James Connor going. Yeah. If they can do those things, I think they'll win. 
But if their drops continue and if they don't have a running game and the Bills make them one-dimensional, I could see them losing. But I do think that they'll still win. But I think it'll be close. I think it'll be competitive. And I think it's finally a good Sunday night game and not boring NFC East matchup Sunday night game. An entertaining Sunday night game. Who would have thought? Though the NFC East is less boring now. But earlier in the season, it was boring. It was like the Cowboys, what felt like every night. You know, I'm just like, stop, please. Um, Stop embarrassing them. All of us fans, please. Like, stop embarrassing them and stop embarrassing us NFL fans who are trying to show maybe some family, like, oh, yeah, I love watching the NFL. Let me show. And then it's just. And the score's like nine to six. It's like, oh, yeah. Um, last game here, we got Ravens at Browns. This could be a really interesting one. It's a big one. But I'm going to go with the Browns. I think the Ravens need to win this one. They need a statement win. They have to win this game. But I'm going to go with the Browns. I'm going to go with the Browns too. I don't know what, because the Ravens, because we're recording this on Tuesday, and the Ravens play tonight. So by tomorrow, we'll kind of know what the status of the Ravens is going to be for next week regarding injuries and COVID cases and everything. But the Browns look like they have something to prove. Baker Mayfield looks like he has something to prove. And the Ravens are in a slump. And I think that there is now a chance that the Ravens don't even make the playoffs. With the amount of um, teams that are surging in the AFC, it would not surprise me if the Ravens didn't make it if they keep losing. I think that this game is a must win for both teams, especially the Ravens. I think that if they lose this game, they might not make the playoffs, Mm. which who would have thought that I'd be saying that at the beginning of this season, considering the Ravens have one of the best rosters in the NFL. Mm. But I mean, the issues that they're dealing with, the chemistry issues, how Lamar is playing. I don't know. Baker has something to prove. Nick Chubb is really good. Their defense is suspect, but I think that Baker Mayfield could outduel Lamar in a shootout. Yeah, I agree. I think he's got I think he's got a lot of weapons on offense. I think the Browns offense overall is better than the Ravens offense right now. Especially wide receivers. The Ravens have no wide receivers and honestly it might be their demise. I don't know if they have no wide receivers, but I think well, it's more I, like they don't seem to utilize them as well as I the Browns use do. No flexibly. Okay. Like when I think of games and receivers and yards and stats, I don't think of the Ravens, right? Marquise Brown hasn't really done anything. Willie Sneed is good, but he's not with wide receiver one material. I mean, the Browns, they lost Odell. Yeah, but they have Landry and Peoples Jones and Higgins and they all produce every week. And I don't see those same kind of numbers on the Ravens. I get your point. All right. Well, I think that's about it for this week. Um, so thanks for listening, everyone tune back in next week for more content. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at underscore LC football underscore and Instagram at launch at launch codes football and our YouTube channel launch codes football. I'm Chris and I'm Chelsea and we'll see you next week. Bye.